He's been running for some time. His shoe is torn up and one of them is gone. Uh, one of them is worn out from marching up mountains, going through streams, uh, going through thickets for miles on end. And he's been hustling because he believes the news he has is important for everyone to hear as soon as possible. If we look at this guy's feet, they're covered in blisters. They're bleeding, they're swollen, they're bruised. And he collapses in the city center. And breathlessly, he shouts, we won. And people rush to his aid. Uh, and everyone with great joy uh, comes around him. And news carries throughout the whole town um, that the, warrior, the warriors will be coming home. And that evil has been defeated. This is good news. So, while remembering my illustration, um, my first question is, turn into groups around you and answer this. How would you describe the feelings you'd have? Oh, goodness. There we go. How would you describe the feelings you'd have after winning a nine-year-long war? Turn into groups. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. I'm hearing some excitement. I'm hearing nervousness. What will my what will my family be like when they come home? But most of all, excitement. You're going to see the people that you love once again. Uh, Colossians two describes a war in a similar way. Did I turn it off again? I did. I'm such a silly goose. Okay. Uh, it says this. When you were dead in your sins in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And so, although we can go throughout our day ignoring the war, uh, the Bible affirms that there's a spiritual war that's taking place at this very moment. Sin and death versus the power of good through the justice of God. Our selfishness and pride, lying and cheating, has been a battle with our perfect God. It would be a shame to live as though the war is not over, although it is. Triumphed, uh, triumphed by the cross, as Colossians says. And now, thinking back to how you would have felt from our first question in the ancient world, how much more should we celebrate that death itself Sin itself has been defeated. This victory is much bigger than a war that would affect a handful of generations, but a victory that affects all of humanity for all time. Paul muses over this concept in Romans 10, 13 through 15, and that's what we're going to focus on tonight. Awesome. Oh, uh, Verse 13 says this. It's not pictured. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
verse 14, how can they call on him if they have not believed? And how can they believe if they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And here's my favorite part. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Going back to 100 BC, what would it have been like for the war to be over, but for you to not know? How would it feel if someone kept this news from you? This is what Paul is saying in Romans 10. This news is important. The good news of the war of sin is or can be defeated for the one who asked Jesus to take on this battle. This phrase, good news, unlocks story imagery for the original readers and into the text that they grew up on. He's quoting Isaiah 52, 7, uh, as indicated by a little, little letter you may see in your Bible by Romans 10, 15. And it says this, How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. This passage is the foretelling of the coming day when oppression of people, both done by us and to us, would be eradicated through the sinless God King. Isaiah 52 is a great passage to go look back on. It's messianic prophecy or a foretelling of Jesus. And so now let's take a look at what Jesus says centuries later in Mark 1.15. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus is saying, is, he's saying that he's that guy. He's running into our town into our lives saying, I've won, we've won, the war is over, party on because we've won. And so believers in this room, we're to party because this is great news for us. So let's look back at Romans 10. Paul paints a picture saying that for people to celebrate that the war is over, they need to know that the war is over. Pretty obvious, right? And for such good news and celebration, it should prompt us to share it. We're invited to get our feet dirty to share that the war is over. But for some, this isn't a reality. We try so desperately to be a part of the winning side of goodness while we simultaneously love evil. To be a part of the proclamation of good news, we must first acknowledge that there is a war in our hearts and in our families and on this campus. And so what would it look like to have this type of party like a victory day on this campus, to publish peace, to share happiness. There's freedom from guilt and shame accessible to the students of OU. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How can they call if they have not believed? How can they believe if they haven't heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. To the believers in this room, we've been invited to be the announcers of this news. Wouldn't it be a shame for our classmates, our, our peers, our professors, our roommates to be living as though the war is not over? What would it look like for you to take a step of faith towards proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand? To get your feet dirty, per se, for the sake of the good news and to live on purpose.
Thank you, guys. Let's pray. Uh, God, thank you so much for your invitation to, to let us uh, be a part of, of your kingdom. God, we count it as a privilege. I pray that um, you would embolden us to get our feet dirty, going over whatever barriers um, that hinder us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 Podcast.